Welcome to the Interesting Podcast, episode number 71. This episode is Mark Thompson, and you will know him from a ton of stuff, guys. We talked about how he uh, got into acting. We talked about his role on Daria, which if you remember was a cartoon. It was uh, supposed to be like a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. Uh, it was on MTV. Uh, he was Kevin Thompson, uh, Mr. Anthony DiMartino. He was uh, Timothy O'Neill. He was those three characters. Did that for years. Uh, he was uh, Admiral Don Craig in One Piece. He was a ton of voices in Pokemon. He was in Yu-Gi-Oh! as Duke Devlin. He was Cobra Commander in G.I. Joe Sigma-6. He was Casey Jones, guys. He was Casey Jones in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, it, most recently, you probably know him uh, from his massive, massive list of audiobooks that he's done. Uh, Mark is awesome. He's such a cool dude. Uh and I was uh, I was so glad to talk to him, and I really appreciate him taking the time. Um, he gives some great tips about people that want to get into voice acting and uh, his process. And he actually breaks down how an audiobook is recorded, which was really cool, because you know me, I'm all about the process. And I'm a big fan of Mark's and uh, all the work that he's done over all the years. So uh, it was just such a pleasure to talk to him, and you guys are going to love him. Yep. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy the interesting podcast, episode number 71, with Mark Thompson. Theme song time. Better than boring when it comes to acting. Yeah. <laughs> price, price to pay to be busy. Yes. That's I'm great, though. Busy, so I guess that's good. Yeah, right on, right on. You're in New York? Ah, uh, yes. Cool, cool. Are, are you, Are you? where are you? I'm in Florida. Oh, neat. Yes, sir. Uh, holding down oh. the south for you. Whereabouts? Uh, Naples. It is uh, southwest Florida. If you take oh. Miami and go directly across... It's on the other coast. Okay. My brother's in Valrico. Is that – Valrico's more central, right? I believe so. It's more like center state-ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few okay. hours north. Gotcha. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Are you from New York? I am. I was born in Rochester and then moved to New York City for uh, acting in college. Oh, right on. Yeah. What is it like growing up in New York? Uh, like Rochester? Uh yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, so I tell people Rochester, but really I'm from Webster. Okay. So it's, uh, Webster was like pretty remote, uh, kind of like farm town. Like there was a farmer behind us and uh, like no, nothing around for miles and miles. Like, you know, we had like uh, one McDonald's and, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't wait to get out of the sticks and get to the big city. Um, so, but it was, you know, it was fun. Like I had a great group of core friends and we had an awesome high school and drama program. And so there was lots to love, but I just wanted to be, you know, in the city. So. Sure. Sure. That's a common misconception I've learned the hard way is when you think New York, the first picture is always New York city, but it's yep. such a tiny little thing when so much of New York state is like rural. 
Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, cause I would tell people I'm from, you know, Rochester mm-hmm. and they're, th- when I say that they think, Oh, so just upstate, like 45 minutes, just over the bridge. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> like an eight hour drive from the city. And they're like, what? <laughs> so. Yeah. There's a whole lot of nothing from New York city to Niagara Falls. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I learned that. I went to Niagara Falls a bunch of years ago and I was like, Oh, we're going to New York. It's going to be cool. We're going to see all these things. And it's like, Oh no, it's, there's a whole yeah. lot of whole lot of not that on the yeah. way, <laughs> but you know some some people some people are into that. But yeah, exactly. Especially if you want to do any kind of acting, uh, you're not going to find any there. No, <laughs> definitely got to go to where the work is. So was acting something you you wanted to do like since really young? It sounds like. Yeah, pretty early on. Like I was not athletic and I wasn't like super smart, but I, I I kind of latched on to performing and like my mom got me involved in like improv classes and, nice. and things like that pretty early on. Like I want to say like 10 or 12 or something like that. It was, it was pretty young that uh, she was starting to kind of feed that uh, ambition, I guess. So really, that's cool. It's always yeah. better when the parents like notice it early on, you can kind of yeah. cultivate and get it on early. No, totally. That's pretty cool. I, when I, when I kind of got to junior high, I auditioned for, the show and it was kind of all over from there. Cause then, you know, I had all these great teachers nurturing me and my mom helping me. And it was just, so then I kind of felt something I really loved and it kind of just kept going from there. Sure. Almost every like really good working actor I've talked to, there's a common thread and that is improv class. Oh really? Everybody, man. It's like you learn so much there that just translates through pretty much anything. Yeah. Pretty cool. I took improv class a few years back in the city, um, and there were people that were uh, in the financial industry taking the improv class. And I was like, "What are you doing here?" Really? <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah." And they were like, "It just this." We were told that this helps when you're making presentations and like when you're trying to communicate with people in general. So like, there were there were people not just performers, but like that were trying to like get a lot of stuff from the improv class. So it's, it really does kind of universally give you a lot of great skills. Yeah, definitely confidence as well. Oh, it's yeah. Like a lot of, you know, it's it's improv, so you're just going up with nothing and trying to right. create from there. Yeah. That's pretty great. Show up in a business suit. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to yes-and these deals. High <laughs> yeah, five. High right. five. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, though. That's cool. So when you when you started, you did improv, you did theater, was – did you have some like a particular medium you wanted to go through, or you're like, anytime I can do this, I'm down. I'm trying to think back. Like I, I think initially I was drawn to theater mm-hmm. and to do like plays and, and musicals and things like that because we had this really great program uh, where they would like rent the sets and costumes from actual Broadway shows. Whoa. And yeah, like our teachers were no joke. Like they they came here and would like scout out shows they wanted to do and they were really awesome. So I, I think initially I was kind of attracted to that. And then, you know, there's a part of you that wants to do film and television too, because I'm a big sci-fi fan. So I have fantasies of like wanting to, you know, be being like these big sci-fi movies or whatever. Oh, yes. And then I kind of, uh, so I came to NYU and I got into the, uh, the, the theater program at Tisch, nice. and the studio I went to is called Circle in the Square, mm-hmm. um, and they still offer classes, but they don't do it through NYU anymore. 
But uh, Circle's approach was, we'll teach you a little bit of everything. Like, we'll show you what these different acting techniques are. Um, and, and you kind of, like, learn. You become, a, like, a, a jack-of-all-trades but a master-of-none type thing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you get a kind of a sampling of everything. Um, and then t- you take what you like and, you know, model your own method a- after that. So during my time at NYU... I kind of fell into voiceover acting, and that's kind of where I've made most of my living uh, since then. And I've come to really enjoy voice acting, and I, I think I, there was a part of me that wanted to do that. I saw Mrs. Doubtfire in the opening scene with Robin Williams where he's doing the voices for the cartoon, and I, was, oh, yeah. I think that was the first time I realized, oh, that's a thing. That's right. Like, somebody has to actually do that. And so there was a part of me that all, you know, was attracted to that or was kind of into that. Um, but I didn't necessarily plan that that's where I wanted to end up, but that's kind of where I've ended up. And I've gotten to do other things a lot. Like I got to do a Broadway show, which was awesome, but it was still what? technically a voiceover thing. Yeah. Like they, um, they did this revival of talk radio. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, I don't know if you've seen the Eric Bogosian movie or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they were doing a revival of that and Liev Schreiber was playing the, the role of Barry. What? And, um, so they, they had these auditions, and they wanted a handful of actors to be able to play a bunch of the people that call into the radio show. Oh, um, cool. So I got to audition because I had some voiceover experience, and that I, I ended up getting the part, and it was really – it was, a you know, one of the highlights of my stuff that I've gotten to do, and just – it was amazing to work with him. And they wanted it to be live every night because, you know – you don't want him playing off of a recording. So they built these like sound booths underneath the stage and we would get on headsets and like they would filter the sound through the, uh, through speakers and through filters to make it sound like you're calling on a phone. But we would be like live every night doing these callers with him. And I would play like five or six different characters with like, you know, different ages and characteristics and stuff like that. Uh, and it was awesome. And then we got to like go on stage and pretend to be people working in the radio station. And I was like the new, the kind of 10, 10 wins guy in between his show or something like that. So dude, amazing. yeah. So, so I got to do that. And so that was cool to like be on Broadway and be, you know, yeah. Best of both worlds. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of people who can say I was a voice actor on Broadway voice acting. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you meshed it well. See, that's that that's that jack of all trades thing. You're like, uh-huh. I'm going to do this. Put right, these two right. together. <laughs> yeah. You're like unconventional, but I'm into it. Right. That's so, yeah, great. So pretty cool. Wow. Dude, and with Lee Schreiber, that's that's awesome. Yeah, See? it was pretty amazing. Like he I was definitely intimidated by him for a long long time. <laughs> fair. Fair. It is Sabretooth, so I would yeah. be too. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I remember like the first time he like came to the read through and everybody was kind of just, you know, staring at him or whatever. <laughs> he was like, uh. Right, get, get a feel first. Don't look him in the eye. Exactly. <laughs> Let him but... sniff your hand first. You know, don't just go for pets. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's actually, you know, he's an amazing performer. He's a very, he's just a very he just feels things very intensely. So yeah. like it was, it was just intimidating to be around him, but he was very gracious and, you know, got to know us and he, I I really it was, it was a dream come true to work with him and, and to be in that show. It was awesome. Sure. That's so cool. How long did that run? It was a limited run. I think I want to say it was 12 weeks. Wow. Um, That's still yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well done. Well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember your first acting gig you got? 
Well, um, I guess the first paid gig I got Mm -hmm. um, was I. It was kind of a big break for me because it was it was when I went to NYU. Sure. Um, and I auditioned for this cartoon called Daria. Oh yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I knew that. Yeah, and actually, what it was is I. I auditioned for another cartoon first at MTV and it was like uh, something about vampires. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, it was before like the internet was really taking off. So it was like, they had a phone number on a cork board <laughs> and they said, you know, like leave us a, a message on the, on a voicemail. Mm-hmm. And so I called up and I was like, hello, I'd like to be in your cartoon. You know, and I was trying to be like, or something. and that was enough to get me in the door. I so believe it. I for that, and then that end did not end up going into production. But then they said, "Hey, we're doing this other show that's a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, mm-hmm. and you know, would you like to audition for that?" So I was like, "Sure." So like I did that, and I ended up getting cast as the football player, the Kevin Thompson, the yeah, oh, cool, the dude was you know, and then <laughs> uh, and then uh, halfway through they ended up using me for Mr. Demartino and Mr. O'Neill. And Demartino was like this, like Daria, Daria Morgendorf. He's like this really like angry <laughs> Vietnam vet guy, yeah. uh, PTSD, and he's always on the edge of losing it. And then I played his opposite, which was Mr. O'Neill, and he's like this values teacher and very meek and very mild. And uh, and that was kind of a huge deal because it, it, it ended up being pretty popular. Yes. Doing really well. And so it was weird for that to be your first thing you know kind of spoiled me a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh i believe it and, and you were on that for a while too daria ran for a bit it did i, I want to say five years maybe six years yeah so it was or maybe it was, yeah all told because they think it was like maybe four seasons and then they did a movie and yeah so yeah it was really so that, that was that was amazing and that was really cool and and kind of got me open the door for all this voiceover stuff because then that was a big kind of snowball effect that eventually would let me you know audition and get seen for a bunch of other stuff so sure that's huge and daria was one of those shows as well that got like really existential when you weren't expecting it oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) like wow this this got really deep for a cartoon i know especially considering it was originally a spinoff of beavis and butthead yeah (laughs) like it was like just basically poking fun at videos and like oh you know like like, she got for her to be so intellectual and yeah, it was awesome. And it, it like touched a lot of different people. Yeah, oh yeah. I remember like uh, you know, you'd think oh maybe it's just like going to be for girls of that age and girls of that mindset, but like I was on the subway one day and they had given us uh watches with Daria on the face of the watches like a cast gift. Oh, uh, cool. And I was just on the subway and had my wrist on the pole and this Wall Street looking guy is like staring at me for the longest time. And eventually he was like, excuse me, is that is that Daria on your wrist? And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I love that show. It's amazing. It's so well done. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> you know, but not who you would expect the fan base to be. Did you pull out the voice? Uh, a little bit. There and, you yeah. go. You have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't be like, you like Daria? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Dude, that's, aw- that, that's New York in a story, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Man. So this this you recorded that in New York? Yep. Yeah, it was over at a place called Sync Sound, mm-hmm. and uh, Glenn, um, I'm going to be awful for not remembering this, I think it's Glenn Eichler, mm-hmm. uh, who's actually working on the Colbert show right now, right on. Uh, was, the I think, the creator and the head writer, and he was awesome. That's um, cool. 
You don't normally yeah. think New York with animation. I feel like a lot of people. I mean, yes. most entertainment you think L.A. No, you're right. It's it's predominantly out there, but that was one of the lucky kind of shows that I got to do out here. So that's cool. That's a great first gig. A lot of yeah. people work up to it. <laughs> Man, did did I read somewhere correctly that you did an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air? No, that's not true. I don't like. I don't own my IMDb page. Yeah, most people don't. So, I've learned. Yeah, I, I I feel angry that I have to purchase that. Like that's annoying to me. Sure. <laughs> so, well, that's why I'm I, here, Mark. Yeah, you need <laughs> to set the record. Yeah, we're dispelling that right now. Right, <laughs> Daria. So I, I, I guess I should pay to have that fixed. But there's a there's a couple things on there that are inaccurate. So there's got to be someone listening now that can scribble that out for you. That's right. <laughs> this is a service I provide. Not a lot of people know. I really you know, appreciate so, it. You know, I'm here for you. I'm here for <laughs> you. So that's cool, though. And and five seasons as well. Like even when you book something that's really good and then develops a cult following, it right. typically doesn't run very long. And that's no. why it gets a cult following. But, dude, good foot yeah. in the door. No, it's pretty great. And also the fact that it's a a, a vampire voicemail. That got your foot right. in the door for the audition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the and game. I coming back, I, I kind of like lamely tweeted out and begged for a job on the new one, but I don't. I think it's pretty early in production. I don't know what they're going to do with it. So, so there's time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's figure this out. And then I, I know you also were a part of one of actually it might be the longest running anime ever. Uh, <laughs> you worked on One Piece. That's <laughs> also pretty big. Yes, although my involvement in it was short compared to how long it's run. Like we, I, I think I only did one season of it. I think. Mo- um, I don't think anyone else could do more than one. Just yeah, you, you too much work. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> that's a, that's a marathon. It's like yeah. nine hundred episodes or something. Yeah, and that but, was one of those shows where I was like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> Because we were dubbing it into English, so we got to see all the animation. I was like, this is really wild. Um, And they had, like, I think we, my version uh, was done at 4Kids Entertainment. And so um, they would sometimes have to, like, reanimate some things that were maybe too violent or too, you know. (laughs) Right, right. Yep, I have Um, heard that. Switching out, like, uh, cigarettes for lollipops and stuff. Right, 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 right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you got to be an admiral in that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, so what was that like going from like? First off, I'm still not over Daria. The fact uh-huh. that the <laughs> fact that you were involved in a cartoon on MTV, yeah, especially like the iterations that MTV has gone through. Like right. I remember coming home and it was just music videos all the time. Yes, and now yeah. it's you know reality TV and all this other stuff. But to think Beavis and Butthead and Daria were MTV shows, right, uh, is pretty intense. So to <laughs> to go from that to an anime, which what it, what is that process like, uh, dubbing an anime for English? Okay, so it's 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 definitely different. Um, mm-hmm. For for something like Daria, it's a prelay show, okay. um, meaning you you record the lines and the audio first, and then they animate to what you're doing. So oh. you have a lot more control over the characterization and the rhythms and you know uh, the cadence and all that of how it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. So when dubbing, um, it's been produced most of the time in a different language and they're adapting the script into English and you have to try to match the lip flaps to the words you're saying. So the challenge of that is that sometimes the way you might naturally say a sentence 
is not going to match the lip flap because in that other language, there's three more syllables than how you would say it regularly, or there's less syllables or something. So you have to learn, you're kind of watching, like there's a three ADR beeps and it'll go boop, boop, boop. And then like (laughs) the third one, you have to kind of like jump in and kind of lip sync uh, with what you're watching on screen and try to make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Especially on like a show like one piece or, um, some of the other animes that I've done, uh, it's a little more of a heightened performance and a little bit bigger. Although Daria was pretty big too, the characters I was doing on there. So, sure, sure. but uh, generally speaking, a lot of the, the anime characters tend to be bigger unless they're making a deliberate point of um, trying to be more subtle in the performances and like more, more grounded, which some of the newer animes are doing now mm-hmm. to be almost like a kind of film acting subtlety. So, uh, but the biggest challenge is the lip flap and just trying to match that. And sometimes it's just not working. So you have to like rewrite the line in the booth and kind of like kind of, you know, kind of rewrite it so that you can make it fit and, and get in there. But the bonus that I like about it, though, is that because you get to see the animation, sure, um, really draw a lot of inspiration from that. So you're you're watching, you know, what this character looks like, whereas sometimes in prelay. You might have one picture or, or a paragraph describing what this character is like, but when you see it animated and uh, how it plays in the scene, you get a much better feel of what's going on and you know how how this person acts around other people or in this situation, and so that you can draw a lot more inspiration of what you want to do with the voice when you get to see it. You know, sure, you got more visual cues. It almost becomes like an ADR session. Yeah, totally. But you weren't the person on the screen. There's probably a lot more yelling in anime, I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories of, of like uh, <laughs> I've heard stories of uh, Sean Schemmel, who plays Goku in Dragon Ball oh, Z, yeah. and he's like passed out in the booth going Super Saiyan before. Yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> makes, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool though. So so we've got Daria, big deal. We've got One Piece, also a big deal. Right. And then it's like, how do we top this? Oh, I don't know. How about a little franchise called Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Dude, how is what is your life like? It's got to be pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's like going from booth to booth. Yeah. Uh, doing, you know, weird voices and monsters and uh, aliens and all, all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's pretty bizarre sometimes. Like there are definitely moments where you just like laugh and you're like, if I had to describe this to someone, like, honey, what'd you do at work today? You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, just, it's very hard to like explain that that's what I get paid for. <laughs> You're like, I was a mother milk carton. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to ask anymore. <laughs> well, but then the bonus is, is like, you know, I have two boys. Oh, and, perfect. Uh, I get to be like, uh, like I came home the other day and I was like, hey, you know, my son's really into Switch right now, and uh, they just nice. announced that, uh, what is it, Smash Brothers? Like, there's a new Smash Brothers coming out for a thing, but, like, some of the Pokemon are gonna, that I do are going to be in that game. Ooh. What? No way! You know? <laughs> so, like, cool points. I get cool points. I'm like, yeah, I get to be in that game you're going to play, so it'll be fun. That's right. He cash those in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. If they're playing and they're you have to call them in. <laughs> While they're playing, you need to come in doing the voice of the game so they don't know if it's surround sound or you're yes. calling them. <laughs> See, this is why I couldn't do what you do because I would just it's be doing that. Just <laughs> yeah. 
You must eat dinner now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you start doing the Pokedex voice when right. serving them dinner. <laughs> See, I'm not allowed to do these kinds of things. And you've you've done a lot of different voices in Pokemon, actually. Yeah. That's uh. When did you find out you could do all these different voices? Was it just something you like? Was it TV? I feel like it was TV. It kind of was, and I sometimes feel guilty telling people that because you know <laughs> everyone wants kids to read books and like you know <laughs> go outside and you know not be couch potatoes. But I was a couch potato. Like I just kind of watched a lot of TV, mm-hmm. and I would mimic kind of things that I would see, and um, you know I and. So I, I would just kind of constantly try to parrot back different voices or different films that I saw or whatever. Um, and I, so I, I, a lot of it is just experimentation, I guess, you know. Sure. And the, again, like the advantage with like Pokemon, a lot of times uh, I'm, I'm looking at the screen and getting inspiration from the, the characters that are there. So well, yeah. uh, a lot of times I don't know if I would think to do that voice if not for the animation and what's there. And then sometimes they play the Japanese and they want us to kind of mimic what the Japanese did. So uh, that helps too, you know. So, But a lot of it's just trial and error and kind of playing with different resonators in your voice. And mm-hmm. I, I, uh, when I was first getting started, there was this book that I read. It's called uh, Talking, Tunny, or, sorry, Talking Funny for Money. Oh, nice. And I can't remember the author. It's so awful that I can't remember the author. But um, <laughs> but they talked about, like, different resonators, like using your chest resonator, your um, your mask, your head voice, your nasal resonator, uh, your adenoidal, which is, like, your throat and scratchy, you know, and, like, and how you can kind of, uh, by changing up combinations of those resonators or um, just using different ones, you can get a lot of voices that way. They talked about using accents. They talked about like how fast or slow you speak. And it kind of like gave me this really cool toolbox of like ways to come up with different variations of voices. So I really like that. And then in, in, in NYU, um, we had like a, they, they put you in all these classes and like, you know, when you, when you come to the city to study acting, you want to do a play, you want to do a scene, but like the whole first year of, college for me was doing these classes on you know relaxation and you're using your body as an instrument and it was all these kind of like weird you know almost like philosophical <laughs> classes sure. that like, when do we get to do a scene you know but like but it, it ended up being really helpful because it again gave you like a lot of tools it gave you a lot of uh kind of tricks that you could use uh to, to come up with all these different voices that I've ended up using over the years. So I'm very grateful that I got to do that. Sure. No, that's really cool. I think about like uh, when you're talking about different parts of your face and throat to use. Yeah. I think yeah. about like D. Bradley Baker. Oh, he's yeah. Like, I wonder what this part of my face does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He is. As are you. And you got, you, got the, you got the chops to show it. That is pretty funny. At first, it's meditation. It's like... You want to do a scene? Well, first, you must become the scene. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and let's, let's work outward. Hey, yeah. it works, you know? And yeah. you you do a ton of voices, man, which is oh. pretty amazing. Oh, thanks. And, uh, and then I know you went from there. We're just we're just going to pile up, all right? So okay. <laughs> you, you, st- you started out on Dario, which is already pretty high up. And then right. you're like, let's do, let's do One Piece. Let's do Pokemon. Oh, what else is really big at that time? How about Yu-Gi-Oh? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Duke Devlin yeah, that- and Yu-Gi-Oh is pretty big. Yeah, like it was it was really wild because um when I so I did Daria mm-hmm. and then I actually took a break and I I uh I went into the full-time ministry of my church for a while. Oh cool. So I was actually a minister for a while. Um and still did Daria on the side while I was, you know, uh preaching and whatnot. That's amazing. And then um the long story short is the the church kind of went through a split and financially they couldn't afford me and the senior pastor. So I had been doing voiceover on the side and I was like, well, I, it makes more sense for me to step down because I can maybe still work like this. Sure. So then I kind of put my hat back in the ring and, and tried to audition again. And uh, four kids has been really great to me because uh, they, they had, I think originally I got Pokemon when it was uh, at Taj Studios Mm-hmm. And then I think four kids ended up getting Pokemon from Taj Studios. And then four kids ended up having Yu-Gi-Oh! They had One Piece. They had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They had all these crazy shows. And we, you know, if you were in their talent pool, you got to, like, audition for all of them. You know, so, like, I ended up working on those shows. Uh, uh, G.I. Joe Sigma 6 was another show we did there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was one of the first ones. And I got to do Duke Devlin on that one. Um, and I didn't realize kind of, uh, how big of a deal that one was <laughs> and <Yeah>. still <laughs> like, I, 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 you know, it's, it's amazing to me, like how popular that one still is. Um, and I've become really good friends with all those guys. Um, and it's, it's kind of like this really big, you know, blessing in my life that I got to do that. Cause I, there's just so much that's kind of come out of that oh, yeah. um, show and being able to work on it. And, uh. So it's really it's really cool. It is cool. See, I, but it's I, embarrassing. Are... I still can't. I still don't understand the game. I still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried so many times, and I just I I don't totally know how to do it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Confession time. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone, Mark. Yeah. Um, I remember around that time. I see. I was maybe in third, third or fourth grade, possibly, and it was like Pokemon, Digimon, and Yu-Gi-Oh all came out within the span of like a year or two and that yeah. permeated the entire school and that age range. Right. <laughs> and uh, I was like, Pokemon, Pokemon. And then Yu-Gi-Oh came out and the show was really good. But with the cards, I was like, these cards are actually pretty scary. I'm going to go back yeah. to the Pokemon. And, uh, so you, you, you did that, which is big. And that actually like spun off. There's several Yu-Gi-Oh. There's like GX, there's Zeal and all that. And totally. uh, you're in all those. Pretty cool. Yeah. You know? See, I like that you're talking about like four kids super good because they let you audition. But at the same time, luck is preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> you, you had the auditions, but you also have this like massive, uh, like list of voices and skills that you have right. and can do. And uh, it's pretty awesome that uh, your art's been shared on the large scale, so that I know all these things. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's very cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. pretty neat. Pretty neat. Yeah. I like that you mentioned. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Because, yes. dude, let's talk about it. You were Casey yeah. Jones. Yeah. Huge. So that, one, that one was a really big deal for me because that was the first one that I, you know, like I grew up with. Yeah. So, like, to get to be a part of that, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like that was really, really cool. And, like, you know, I, I, th- I think, like, the. Yeah, just the animation style. They were kind of going back to, 
mm-hmm. a lot of comics were. And so that was a really big deal. And that was a prelay show. And oh. that was fun because we got to normally you record just you in the booth. Like uh, normally it's just you by yourself. Sure. But when we did Ninja Turtles, uh, they decided that they wanted um, like all of us to record at the same time. So I would get to do scenes with like Mike and Greg and Wayne and all these guys together. Cool. Um, and we get to like, you know, that was such a cool experience because you get to like play off of each other and, you know, yeah. it just, it's just a, it's a, it's a lot more fun to get, be inspired by another actor in the room, you know? <laughs> so Absolutely. Like, you know, so there, so there were just, you know, lots of kind of riffs and jokes and, you know, and it was just, it was a really, really cool time. And I, you know, I have, I still have my Casey Jones action figure in my closet and yeah. it's, it's a pretty big deal. And I, we were in some video games for that. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was a lot, a lot of fun. I, it was a huge honor to be in, in that one. Really loved that one. And you killed it. Oh, thank you. Dude, huge. <laughs> Casey Jones is like a staple in comics and cartoons like yeah that's that's big man and you did it for a while too yeah that was another one that ran for several seasons i can't remember exactly how many but it was it was several years so it was it was a lot yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) lots of episodes and as if your your collection uh wasn't good enough you're like hmm you know who else is pretty well known uh cobra commander oh yes 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 what (laughs) yeah that was another big one because uh I had all the toys for that growing up. I had the aircraft carrier. Yes. And my dad, like, mounted it on a door so we could, like... Oh, sweet. Thing. So I kind of... That that was one where I had a lot of uh, practice doing the voices because, you know, you just... <laughs> when you're playing with the action figures, you're doing them anyway, so... <laughs> I've been training for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dude. So that, one, uh, that one was really fun, and that was cool. Again, big. It's not like I was this truck driver in this cartoon that's from this. And if you listen close, you can kind of tell it's me. It's like, no, I was Casey Jones. I was Cobra Commander. I was yeah. a dude. Does it hurt being this awesome? Or is it something <laughs> you get used to? No, it hurts a little doing Cobra Commander's voice. But other than that. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> it's got to be uncomfortable from time to time. But, you know, yeah. somebody's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Do you, so do you have like a what, what's your warm up? There's got to be some kind of warm up. You're working with your throat. Like when you get into the thing, when you get into the booth, I do a lot of the annoying actor thing where I'm like, <laughs> oh, like you know, like, <laughs> you know, like all the little cheesy, you know, things they make fun of on Saturday Night Live and stuff like that. Right. So the Ron Burgundy um, warm ups. Yeah, exactly. And I and I, I a lot of time I do them in, in the shower too, so my wife can get a little annoyed. <laughs> so hey, they work. You know, yeah, they can they say do. what they want, but I'm I've right. seen your resume. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. That, drinking a lot of water and then uh, sleep a lot because, like, the I had a my friend Sherwin used to say that like the only thing that can really heal your voice is just sleep. So sure. So if you're like screaming and yelling a lot, it's like that. That kind of just will heal it if you if you like rest a lot. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take that serious. Sleep in. I can't get up early. It's just part of my. <laughs> it's a necessity. So that's right. It's part of the job, man. It's part of the yeah. job. <laughs> I don't do early mornings, not because I don't want to, but because right. No, it's, oh, it's, it's part of the process. Professional, exactly. <laughs> You're a professional. It's exactly it. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, and then I know you went on to be in. Uh, you were in DC Super Friends, which is pretty. Yes. Big. I was gonna say you get to be a superhero. 
but it's not a superhero. It was a super. Yeah. yeah, dude, you're a Bizarro, <laughs> anti Superman. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I still have not seen that. Is it what? Where is it? Uh, you know, internets. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> is it? But is it airing anywhere? Or is it just on the internet? That's a good question. Okay. That one I couldn't tell you, but I can I tell you that because I wanted to have that for real stuff. But I. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool that you knew about it at least. Yeah, so. I know a lot of things, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my show. I I know things. <laughs> Not true. I learn them as you tell them to me. Uh, <laughs> so then you you go from this, and then uh, you have read a lot of books. Yeah, and a lot of really, really, really good books. Yeah, <laughs> and I will tell you, full disclosure, there are times when I go to buy a book. And then I hear that you did the audiobook, and I will do that instead. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, be, just being honest, man. Right. Yeah. So how, so how did you first get involved in audiobooks? So that was pretty cool. Um, I My agent, uh, uh, Sherry, called, mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, have you ever done an audiobook? And I, you know, again, full disclosure, Mr. Couch Potato, <laughs> I, I'm not a big reader, uh, or at least I wasn't. Yeah. And uh, I didn't, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't I never really read books for fun. You know, it was more like you have to do it for school. Or sure. Um, which is horrible of me to say. But uh, so common. So I was like, no, not really. And I kind of wasn't really interested in doing an audiobook because then again, that's like I have to read a whole book, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she was like, well, would you be interested in doing a Star Wars audiobook? And I was like, wait, what? You know, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't know really what it was, but Star Wars. So always say yes uh, to Star Wars. Yeah. So they sent me like three pages, and they said, you know, we're gonna have you come in and audition. So I like worked like crazy on it because like Star Wars is like you know, I was a fan of Ninja Turtles. I was a fan of GI Joe, but like Star Wars is, you know, same for for me. It was like almost religion. You know, like same. it was really really important to me growing up. So. I like went over that audition forward and backwards. I prayed about it. I was like, you know, please let me get this. And yeah, so I went in and I think like I, they, they liked the, the character voices I did. And I was kind of, I think it had like Han and Leia and Luke in it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there was also some Admiral Akbar in there. So that, that helped or something. So <laughs> You're like done. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I think I always tell people I, I got the part because I could mimic some of those voices, mm-hmm. but then like doing an audiobook is such a different skill set than cartoons or other stuff. Like it's like really? just yeah, because like like with cartoons and other voiceover stuff that I'd done, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're just focusing on the character you're doing or the character voice. So like. I, I wanted to treat it purely as like a radio play and just kind of do it like a scene, you sure. know? Um, but learning how to read like descriptions of how a room looks, you know, and what color the walls are and how many light panels there are, whatever, you know, like, to me that was so boring and like, just like, <laughs> uh, you know, like this is so pointless. And, but like you could tell when I was narrating the book that I felt it was boring and that's not good for someone listening to a book because you want to be engaged and you want to know. So like, um, like my director would say, okay, look, you've got to learn how to make this interesting. Like you've got to learn how, because this is this, you've got to think of the narration as a character. Like you've got to think of it the way you've got to treat it the way you treat 
you know, Han or Leia or Luke. Like you get you got it. You've got to give it that level of right. Because you're and, and he would like he would describe to me how like this is you know you're not just describing the room like you're describing the room from the character's point of view or you're describing it from you know what what does this mean to them or how how does that how does a a full room full of people talking make this character feel or how does an empty room you know that's very stark you know like are they being like what's going to happen in this room like like you've got to inform that description with the emotion of what's going on and so that was really very educational and very deep and and helped me a lot and so over the years, I've kind of had to sharpen and develop those skills, you know. Sure. Um, so I, th- I think I'm, I've, I've kind of picked up some of that stuff. And a lot of that's from uh, listening to other narrators and just and from my director, Kevin Thompson, who's really, really talented at this. Like he's he really knows what he's doing with that. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's just worked out. And and that's in some small way, I the fact that I get to be a part of the Star Wars, you know, universe is a huge deal to me. <laughs> well, like, sure. Dude, you read, it, like, the entire Legacy of the Force series, which is pretty yeah. awesome. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to openly say I'm a fan, but uh, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> that's sure. crazy. I never thought about that. Yeah, you're right. When you're when you're reading in between the dialogue, you still have to make us want to listen to you talking right. about the room. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, that's cool. I've seen the sausage, how it's made now. <laughs> that's cool though so what is so you said you auditioned for it what is an audition for an audiobook like compared to previous auditions um well it's it, it takes a lot more it's the same thing that they look for with audiobooks which i also was not prepared for was it's much longer so like oh for, for like an animation audition i might read you know a half dozen or a dozen lines Sure. And usually in a scene, and you're just doing scenes of dialogue. But for an audiobook audition, I read like three full pages straight through. Wow. Um. So you know, and you're you're like hoping not to make a mistake, and you know all this stuff, and uh, and then obviously when you're doing an audiobook, um, you're in the booth like for I guess everybody's different, but for me, I'm in the booth from like 10 a.m. until like sometimes six at night. Wow, uh, we, get, we get breaks and like lunch and stuff, but like you're you're kind of just nonstop talky 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 talking, you know. So like, really, yeah, like most animation jobs, I'm in and out of the booth in an hour, you know, or like a half hour or something like that, depending on what needs to get done. So like, so the audiobook stuff is much more physically demanding, which I always feel stupid saying because it's not like I'm in a coal mine or you know, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> by the end you sound like it physical demanding jobs but but you know in terms of voiceover yeah it's only the most challenging uh version of that work that I, that i have is because it just takes a lot to do you know yeah that's crazy i didn't realize that so when you're you, are you just doing like i know with voiceover like a lot of times you will do multiple reads of like a certain line when you're doing a book you're just reading straight through while doing all the voices everything like back and forth yeah Dude, because I'd I'd rather do it the other way. Like I'd rather go and read all of one character's lines and then go back and read another character's lines because then I feel like I'll be in the headspace of that character and I'll kind of be consistent, you know. But just it would be a nightmare for the editors. Like they already have so much they have to do. Good point. Uh, So it would be very time consuming because you're. It's not. 
it's like you know these are like 10 12 hour productions sometimes so sure um so so we do read straight through um wow. and then some it depends on the production company like some some books they do what's called punch recording and what that is is like you're you're recording and if you do make a mistake or mess up mm-hmm. they stop rewind it or like scroll back digitally and then play it and then you have to punch in right where it is you messed up and then and then keep going oh. which I don't work that way anymore because it's just it's it's too stressful and it, it <laughs> I, I really don't like it and fair. So um, with the with the books the a lot of the books I work on now they allow me to just you know mess up make a mistake if I have to kind of back up a little bit to get back into it the editors will go back and piece it all together eventually um, and they kind of as I'm reading they're following along on the script and they're notating. Like if there's one word that I keep messing up, they'll put like slash marks next to that word to indicate how like which take it is that I finally said it correctly. Sure. <laughs> so if it's like five hash lines, it's okay. The fifth one is when he actually gets it right, or you know. Yeah. <laughs> as long and, as you get it eventually. Yeah. So that they they make all these like hieroglyphic notes on the script, and then they give that to the editor, and then the editor has to kind of piece it all together, and they're looking at the script and you know making sure I'm saying everything the right way and and put it all together so wow i had no yeah. idea that's crazy yeah. it's like this whole like there's so many like little things that go into it then because then it then they they send it once they edit it together mm-hmm. they send it to like quality control people and then they have to listen to it again to make sure there's no mistakes that the editor missed Ooh. and then there's like the like uh, paul uh, goodrich does an amazing job and he mixes everything and puts like he and Kevin put like sound effects and music in there and like there's so many like different you know things they have to do, go through to put it, something like that together so sure it's really, it's really impressive seeing it all come together you know wow so obviously you're not saying your lines with background music and with sound effects and all that stuff while you're recording but that's all added later yeah wow the fact that you can get some of these emotions out of your performance with because obviously I'm listening to the audiobook, so I've got the music and the finished product. Right, the right. The fact that you can deliver that kind of performance without all that extra padding is crazy to me. Oh, cool, yeah. Wow. Sometimes I imagine the music in my head because I know what they might do in that scene. Yeah. Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you must be doing something right. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. I had no clue that you're just reading it straight through. I assumed, like like you said before, it's you do the lines and then I kind of put it, but that makes sense on a production that long. Yeah, straight up hours and hours and hours. Man, your voice must be rough by the end. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to talk afterwards. <laughs> oh man! So when you're coming up with the character voices in these stories, do they tell you what the character is? How much freedom do you have to choose? How does that work? So a lot of it is the authors, like they, because they will do a great job in the writing, describing you know who they are and what they sound like or if it's an alien or you know different characteristics like that so a lot of it i'm just kind of analyzing the text and trying to figure out you know there's usually a lot of clues that the author has left me of how they want it to sound cool um and then i will jot down my ideas of what i think they should sound like or what i'm feeling like the author is saying and then i record little samples of their lines in my phone um, and kind of keep them all on a list. And then when it comes time to record, I'll like play it in my ear just to kind of remember what I was thinking and kind of get in that mindset. And then, uh, I'll, I'll do it. And then, uh, the directors will 
either say, yeah, that's great, or, ooh, that doesn't really work, because, like, or, you know, or that, that's too much, or that's too far, or scale it back, or, you know, and so it's it's collaborative in that sense. Um, but a lot of times, uh, like, most of the time, they'll accept what I come up with, and so I, I get a lot of freedom to kind of come up with it and uh, and create the voices on the book. Man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's got to make you feel even more... Uh... Uh, a part of it as well cause yeah. some input as well and giving it all no totally yeah dude so what what is the so the average book how many days does it take you to get through it i need about four um to get through a full-length novel that's wow. like 350 to 400 pages like i yeah so like i can i can roughly average 100 pages a day sometimes it takes me more than that um, so it's, it's, a, but yeah, that's about the pace I can do with breaks and, you know, mess ups and flubs and all that. Man, that's pretty good though. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's way faster than I get through a novel. <laughs> Man. So if you're, if you're going through a book with the performance and everything and everything you're giving, how much are you able to enjoy the book as you're reading it? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, thank you. I feel like, <laughs> um, well, gosh, if I'm being honest, I, uh, I probably don't really enjoy it as much as I would if I were, you know, hearing the story or reading the story. For sure. Um, because I'm definitely thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Or, or, you know, uh, I'm, I'm taking, like, I'm, I'm constantly stopping and starting, like anytime someone has dialogue in the book. I like stop, I write down the character's name, like the page they're on, uh, any characteristics. So there's a lot of stop and start. Whereas if you were just enjoying the story that you, you get to kind of more naturally just go through the flow of it. So, sure. um, so I guess not as much, but that's not to say I don't enjoy it because exactly. you're, you're like in some ways, like I have to read it all the way through before I pick my voices. Cause I have to kind of know who else is going to be there and, oh. They're not um, the same as another character that might be appearing or, you know, so so I read it once through and then I go back and start to cast it. And then obviously I read it through again when I'm recording it. So in some ways, I probably absorb more of the story than if I were just casually reading it. And sure. so I enjoy it in that way, you know, and then obviously there's like twists and turns that you do get excited about. You're like, oh, this is really good, you know, but um, but there's definitely more of a. I'm I'm approaching it more from a technical viewpoint than just purely entertainment. So I guess that affects the experience somewhat. Of course, it still work. But no, yeah. that's that's cool. So at least they you get to read it first as opposed to yeah. like showing up the day and be like, "All right, let's see where this goes." Yeah, that that <laughs> happened once and I it was a disaster and I just couldn't do cuz it was just the timing was they had to record at a certain time and then they couldn't get me the script Ooh. until like the day before. So like I just didn't have time to read it and like it was like, you know, there was one voice that I made a man and we find out later that it's a woman and it was just like oh boy. Night, nightmare stuff. And I was like, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm, this is awful. Why are we doing this? I, I, <laughs> what I have I done? <laughs> and then have to go home and read the next 100 pages that night and I was just, so this just, it was the worst experience. <laughs> so it's like, I can't do that. And I just, I, I kind of like dug my heels in and 
I've said, nope, sorry, we can't record then. I need time to read it. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. You're like, yeah. I have a process now. And trust yeah. me, it works. <laughs> That's great. And you, yeah. you've read you've read some pretty great books. Do you have a favorite that you've read so far? Oh wow. Yeah. Um, I asked the hard questions here. You do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um well I guess I'll say that I really do. I love all of them, and there's there's so many that I really like. I really loved Dark Disciple just because I thought it was Ooh, a really great so story. good. And like you know, uh, I don't know, just like seeing Asajj Ventress in a different light that that was kind of surprising. Oh yeah. Um, and then I really liked doing the twentieth was the twenty fifth anniversary of Heir to the Empire. Oh yeah. Um, because it was like a funny story because like I was telling you, I'm not much of a reader. Sure. But one time I actually did buy a book for fun was in, you know, in 93 when I, I think that book came out. Really? Uh, and I, I <laughs> but of course. I like <laughs> I, I read the first few chapters because it's like, what happens after Return of the Jedi? I have to know. And, you know, so I read the first <laughs> few chapters. But then sure enough, I got lazy and didn't finish the book. <laughs> so, um, so then it was it was just a cool kind of full circle moment uh, to be then paid to read the book later on. And they'd be like, oh, wow, this is what happened. Right. You know? <laughs> That's the um, dream, isn't it? <laughs> and I just really enjoyed the story. Like, it was just a really cool story with, like, you know, uh, Luke and Han and Leia facing, you know, an adversary that's totally different than the Emperor, you know, and just it was really cool. So. Oh, yeah. It, that's like the Golden Trilogy of EU books. Yeah. No, it was really, yeah. So that was cool. And I, I don't think I understood how revered those stories were mm-hmm. until the reaction came out afterwards. Probably best. Right? Yeah. Cause I got, yeah, probably best. <laughs> like I kind of knew, but like, cause obviously they don't do a 25th anniversary of other books, you know, but like, sure. Um, but, uh, but I was like, Oh wow. People really like this story. <laughs> and I was like, and so then, and I think I got on a lot of people's radar because of that one, because I think a lot, you know, a, a lot of people were into that book and had fond memories of that book and, you know, wanted sure. to check and then we got, you know, an audiobook slash radio drama of it. So yeah. I'm way into radio dramas. I think it's yeah. such a cool medium. And I, yeah. that's essentially what like podcasts are, minus the, you know, story and the visual effects. Actually it's nothing like <laughs> podcasting. But, <laughs> but no, that's that's really, really cool. And then so you did Heir to the Empire and then they brought you back and you've been knocking them out lately. But you got to do Thrawn again. Yes. Uh, and, I didn't think I did to, but I was really grateful that I did. Yeah. Too. So I, I have to ask, how much did uh, Rebels Thrawn inform your performance for doing Thrawn again in the audiobook? Oh, 100%. Like, yep. I was trying, like, I I was watching the show as a fan, mm-hmm. and I saw the, you know, celebration announcement that they were going to do this, and I was like, oh, man, I wonder if I <laughs> I might get to do it or if they, they might want to start over again, they might want to not have the same person do it. Cause we, you know, we did something different than what they're doing in the show, but I'd be like sitting on the couch watching it with my kids. And I like Thrawn would speak and I would like mimic him. And my boys were like, what are you doing? And like, <laughs> Joe, I was like, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But like, I was trying to like, cause it's such an unusual voice. Like it's so, it's so distinct, you know? So I was trying to really nail it down. And uh, so sure enough, I, I, they asked me to do it, and uh, I tried to, to get as close to that as I could. So, uh, but yeah, I so I, and those stories are great. Like it's just he's such a great character. He is. Uh, 
before and since, like in, in the Rebels stuff. I loved how he was used, so. Yeah, with the Dracula music. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it fits, fits great. And you and you did so well uh, taking the voice from Rebels and putting it into this book that it sounds exactly like it. So you're like, oh, wow, it it. I love synergy like that. It's like, you know, yeah, when, a, when a character yeah. shows up on screen or on page and vice versa. Right. And uh, you did that from having Thrawn <laughs> show up in the books. Yeah, yeah. So good on you for that. Oh, thank you. That's fun. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, so do you have a preference now, given you've done cartoons, you've done anime, you've done different voices, you've done audiobooks? Because they're all slightly different. Do you have a favorite that you're like, oh, sweet, I got another audiobook, or oh, sweet, I got another cartoon? Because you're doing a lot. You're doing video games, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, golly. Um, I think I would say that Prelay Animation is my favorite, mm-hmm. only because I feel like that's where I have the most control over the characterization. And, sure. uh, and it's and it's it's just a it's very rewarding when you record something and then like a year later because you don't really remember what you did. Yeah. <laughs> so like a year later, when you see the animation, you're like, "Oh wow, that's really cool," you know. And like kind of seeing what the artists do with your voice performance is like, yeah, that's really cool, you know. Um, but then a very close second would be the audiobooks, but I have to say like specifically Star Wars audiobooks because like Yeah, fair. I do you know, like I <laughs> like the audiobooks are a lot more work. Yeah. But again, just to be able to say that like I get to be a part of this, you know, thing that I love so much is a huge honor and like and it's it's one of those things where it's like again, like when it's done, there's a sense of gratification. When you're when you're in the thick of it, it's like how many more days do we have? What's going on? <laughs> I can't like, talk. <laughs> but when it's all done and you hear the music and the effects and like, and you see the cover of the book, you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. You know, so like, so I think those two are are, are pretty tied, I guess. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Dude, I love audiobooks. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I to like really appreciate them a lot more than when I first started. Like when I first started, they were so daunting and so challenging. And, um, but now I really like, I I appreciate now I kind of get why people (laughs) read for fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Movies or TV. I was like, why would you read a book? Like you have to do that in school. Why? You know, (laughs) now I actually understand, like there's so much more storytelling you can do in a book, like that format being as long as it is, you really get to know the characters a lot deeper and like like being able to know what their thoughts are because of a book like it's oh, the yeah. only where you can do that like film and television you can obviously see their facial expressions or whatever but like you don't get to hear their inner monologue you know so it's like books right. are like the only thing so now i kind of get why people like books and like reading <laughs> <laughs> those page things it took 40 years to learn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, better late than never, man. <laughs> it's cool, you know, and I think it's why you see more long form storytelling in TV now. It's it's why you have like season long stories instead of like one off episodes now because Agreed. people want to take advantage of that long form arc, you know. Agreed. And long form, you just get to settle in more and you get more out of it. Like I even like more like uh, long form interviews and stuff. When oh like, yeah, you know, kind of like this. It's just a chat, you know, and like you right. get more involved and it's more. I don't know. Seems more 
I don't know if genuine is the right word, but you get more of an authentic reaction in conversation versus like totally. bite-sized little things. We got time. We got to fill up. You know, right. if you could take your time, you get more into it, and it just everyone gets more out of it. I think. No, absolutely. Pretty neat, though. Pretty neat. So, do you have any tips for anyone who wants to do the kind of work that you're doing? Sure. Um, yeah. Well, get that left curveball for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make you feel comfortable, then. Waka. Teach us. That's right. Uh, I think I always I always tell people that. Um. Being a voice actor is really just being an actor. Yeah, absolutely. What I mean by that is like, if you you want to work on the skills that you need to be a, to be an actor, so like that's, um, being able to interpret a script, being able to be comfortable and confident and relaxed, being able to, um, you know, tell a story and and, and things like that, being able to read out loud, you know, like those are all skills that you need as an actor, and then. A lot of the voice actor stuff will, will come naturally or or afterwards or, you know, like a lot of like – because I always feel like microphone technique and um, a lot of the stuff I was telling you earlier about resonators and all that. Like that stuff mm-hmm. like you can pretty much pick up in a couple of days, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, but like being – like learning how to connect with your emotions, learning how to – really um you know tell a story and 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 kind of you know in a in a natural believable way that that's the stuff that's much harder to learn you know so so i always tell people to like take the improv classes or take acting classes or take theater you know um because it's that stuff's really really important you know and then the other stuff like there's there's so many websites like you mentioned uh d bradley baker earlier he's got this great one i think it's called so you want to be a voice actor.com or yep. like that. But, uh, there's a lot of great tips on there. Um, you know, eventually you want to get a reel together and, uh, you want it to be like a minute or two minutes, uh, really closer to a minute nowadays. Cause everyone's short attention span. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, you know, and you can like, you can do that on GarageBand, or you can do that on, any real simple audio editing thing and just, you know, or you can take classes and a lot of the classes will pay for you to get a demo together. Um, but, but, you know, I, th- I think the, the main thing is just start off really on, on the foundation of acting, like try, try to like take classes or, or be in plays and be in shows and, and just learn what it is to just act. And then the voice acting stuff kind of comes afterwards. Sure. That makes total sense. Because that's the thing, it's like it, the difference between like an impression versus like a, a character. It's like right. you can you can say a specific line from a movie like this character, but can you take that voice and have him say anything with other inflections and be that character doing other things? Like, yeah, that's give great. It, give it legs, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it a lot. Can you believe we've been talking for over an hour already? Oh, really? <laughs> Dude, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> As opposed to like, Yes. I've been counting down. <laughs> but, dude, this has been awesome. Oh, good. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Thanks for asking me to do this. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time because uh, you didn't have to, and you're not going to get it back. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this was really cool, man. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, I am Captain Ehud on Twitter. Love it. Uh, and I'm Mark Thompson on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And I'm on Instagram as well. So. Sweet. But I guess Twitter is where I do like most of my work stuff. 
there you go. So tell them how awesome those audiobooks are, and uh, <laughs> you know where to go, and right. check out uh, you know the 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 new Smash Bros coming out. You got some cool stuff around the corner, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Celebrations next year. Hint, hint, wink, yes. wink. I hope I get to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see your name on things. So uh, this has been great. Thank you again, man. It's been absolutely. Real cool. And until uh, next time. And... All right. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Interesting Podcast. If you'd like to follow the show, it is at Pod of Interest on Twitter. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at Jedi Brian on all social media sites. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and tell your friends. Let them know we've got some cool stuff going on over here. Also, I've finally given in and I made a Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, you can now do that at patreon.com slash Jedi Brian. On that note, Special thanks to Chris, Ben, Jim, Daz, and Daryl. Your support means everything, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. So until next time, be well.